Plexus here with Coach Mary. Thank you guys all for tuning in. We can't wait to talk with you guys today. It's just us again, Mary and I having a chat and it's going to be super fun. So um, just a quick intro in case you are new to us. Hello, welcome. We are The Habit Team. The Habit is a nutrition coaching company made for women by women. Our program is built for you with coaches who put your goals, lifestyle, and personality first. If you want to learn more about us, head over to the episode notes or go to thehabit.com. That's habit with a Y to get more information. So hello guys. Um, we are so excited to be here recording this episode. And today we're going to be covering the experience of having a coach and me being on the client side of things. So uh, for those of you who don't know, Coach Mary kind of walked me through a shortcut um, it was, what was it, 10 weeks total, um, April 1st through the beginning of June. So I actually think June 1st was like the end. Yeah, right around June 1st. So yeah, I think it was actually shorter than 10 weeks then. What a, yeah, whatever it ended up being. It was quick. Um, and I really wanted to take you guys along on that journey and walk you through what it was like and kind of talk about the details you know, why is it important to have a coach? What should you look for in a coach? Um, you know, and all the nitty gritty, talk about my experience on the client, again, on the client side of things and having a coach be there for you, what that looks like, um, filling out your tracker, all those different things. So we're excited to talk about it. And yeah, let's just dive into it. Mary, how are you? Good. I'm good. I miss you. I know. I love you. Mary and I talk all the time. So I actually had a dream the other day that we met in person and I cried. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be so amazing. I seriously cannot wait for that day, honestly. I feel like we will literally be the big babies. I know, it's gonna happen. Especially if it, imagine if it's like the whole uh, the whole team gets together and finally meets and like everyone meets and then you and I are just like, oh, like crying. Seriously, crying. Oh well, whatever. Um. So yeah, let me just kind of give you a quick rundown in terms of, you know, again, I, let's back up here. So um, obviously I have a baby that's one years old now, which is crazy to have a one year old. Um, and I, you know, breastfed her. So I was in maintenance calories for that whole period of time. I did January tighter together. I did not use her macros. I used my own macros. Um, but I did that, you know, program the workout super hard. And after January, I felt super burnt out. So I was like, I'm putting my scale away, food and weight scale. And I was like, I just want to eat all the things. I don't want to focus on, you know, being, doing anything really. I was just like very burnt out. And so I gained like seven pounds or something intuitively eating. I was trying to build muscle and focusing on like working out and things like that. And I, I think that was from like January through March or so, I would say. I just kind of did whatever I wanted. And like by the end of that, I felt very uncomfortable and I was like oh my god I think I've just like put on a bunch of weight like what's going on and I knew I wanted to do a cut um you know heading into spring summer-ish because I had a lot going on in June and so I wanted you know Mary to kind of walk me through this I've never had I did work with the habit actually way 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 back when they first started when this company began when Christina was still the owner um but it wasn't as involved as it is now the tracker wasn't like it is now and i i really just wanted mary because obviously we're such good friends to kind of help me on the side walk through this cut and see what it was like to be a client just because i feel like in order to be the best coach you really need to see what it's like to be on the client side and so 
that was kind of why I decided I wanted to coach, what it was going to look like. I knew it was going to be a really short cut. I didn't need um, anything crazy. I just wanted some accountability. I wanted someone to be there to be like, nope, like you got this. Or, you know, I was drinking a lot during that period too. I remember I was like, my God, drinking like four or five times a week, which is so unlike me. And I was like, what is going on? And I needed someone to be like, all right, cut that out. Um, which sometimes we need that. So maybe Mary, you could kind of talk about why it's wrong for people to think that coaches don't need coaches. Because I've heard that so many times. And even in a question box I did recently, someone was like, I don't understand. Like, why do you need a coach? And I was like, well, what? Like, I'm human too. And so why don't you kind of go over the benefits of what it is, you know, to have a coach and what that kind of looks like and and why it's important. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many different reasons why having a coach is so beneficial. For one, it gives you personalized nutrition based on your specific dietary needs. So for instance, if you come in and you are a vegetarian, your protein needs to be set accordingly to a vegetarian diet. Somebody who eats meat will have an easier time to hit protein goals than somebody who doesn't. And so having somebody understand your specific dietary needs, whether you are gluten-free, whether you're paleo, whether you have SIBO or something like that, your specific dietary needs to your body are going to be different than the next person's. And so it's important to have somebody who understands that and who can set those for you instead of having a one size fits all um, macro breakdown. Because for instance, if we have a mom who is a working mom, she has four kids, she's busy with sports on the weekend, she has this and that. And then you have a 21 year old who lives on their own um, and goes out on the weekends and likes to drink their macros need to be set completely different because their mac- their lifestyle is so different. And so it's important to have somebody recognize that and not just give you a paper cut um, type of macro breakdown that everybody has around you. And the next thing that I would say is um, having somebody who can um, adjust and monitor your macros and collect data over time so that you know when and if you should make changes. There is no reason to feel like you have to make a change week by week by week. It's important to stay consistent, but it also is important to have somebody who can take a look and see when or how you need to make changes. Um, and obviously, you know, having somebody who can hold you accountable uh, to what you have promised yourself as far as what you've promised yourself when you join a program when you hire a coach, um, having somebody who can tell you like, hey, um, we need to change this or we need to fix this. We need to change this behavior and holding you accountable to your actions is super important. Um, And then on the other side of that is having somebody who can encourage you and who can be there for you and it could be a cheerleader for you and to make you feel like it's okay if you do mess up, we can continue to move on and help you to look at it from an outsider's perspective and not just like internalize everything so that way you can have somebody who has um, who understands this journey a little bit more because there's there are times when you have friends and family who cheer you on but they might not quite understand and so having somebody who understands that is so nice and then uh, the last thing would just be somebody who can educate you a good coach is not just going to tell you what to do they're going to tell you why you're doing it and why you make those choices and so that way when you 
aren't with a coach because ultimately the goal is to not have you feel like you need to a coach 24 seven all of the time. Um, you want to be able to feel confident enough in yourself to leave a coach and know what to do. And so if you ask the right questions and you ask your coach why we're doing this and the coach can explain that to you and you can really get educated on things, it's really, really nice to, to leave a coach and feel confident in that. Touching on that a little bit, I wanted to know your thoughts on, you know, I think I agree with you in the sense that it's so important for us to teach as coaches and to to provide our clients with, like you said, a full macro tool belt with all the tools that they can go on at the 12 weeks, at the 18 weeks, whenever it is that they go on their own and feel confident enough to navigate whatever it is they want to do. Now, with that being said, do you find that it's challenging Obviously, we have, you know, a um, the way that we calculate numbers for people is proprietary to the habit and it's our own way of doing things. So how do you navigate um, clients when they, for example, when they say, how did you calculate these numbers exactly, you know, uh, like aside from explaining the reasons kind of why we do it, how do you explain to them, well, we also kind of have to keep things on our own as well because that's why you're paying us, right? So it's what I'm getting at is it's difficult to kind of like you want to teach them how to do it, but at the same time, like you can't teach them how exactly. Do you know what I mean? And so how do you kind of navigate that? Because yeah, I mean that can be a little bit difficult for sure. But honestly, if you think about macro breakdowns, it's not like a magic breakdown. You could have multiple breakdowns of macros. So for instance, if I have a client who I set their fats like at a moderate fat intake and then I have their, them at a higher carb intake, but they're constantly going over their fats, well then we can adjust that and we can lower your carbs down just a little bit and up your fats some so that way you feel more successful because that's your lifestyle. Um so for instance, like if your macro breakdown isn't specific science, okay? And you can play around with those numbers um, a little bit and to make it fit your specific lifestyle. So I always just say like setting your protein between 0.8 grams to 1.2 grams per pound of body weight is a great place to start. Keeping your fats at around 25 to 30% of your caloric intake and then the rest can go to carbs. And if you find that you gravitate more towards fats and you've tried all the tips and tricks to lower that fat intake a little bit, um, but your your dietary preferences are more fats, then you can have a higher fat diet and a little bit less carbs. Um, I think we get so hung up on the numbers and having exact science of the numbers and just all the nitty gritty, but there isn't one perfect macro breakdown. I mean, sometimes I set numbers for people and it's not the perfect breakdown for them and that's okay. We can adjust things if we need to, um, but kind of learning what it works for you and what dietary preferences work for you is really, really important. So stop getting hung up so much on how you did you come up with these numbers? How do we do that? Um, what's the nitty gritty of everything? Um, it's It just makes it a little bit harder, I think. And I, I agree with you 100%. And obviously, I'm kind of trying to talk here as the client, but I'm also, you know, I want to chime in as the coach as well. Um, I feel like a lot of times clients who have maybe had prior coaches, they think that like the split, the 30, 
30-30-40 split is like non-negotiable and like you said it's so hard to get people to understand like no that's not really true I think 50% of it is performance based how do you think a client will perform the best but I also think it's lifestyle preference based like you said do you prefer to eat higher fat do you prefer to eat higher carb I think if you prefer super high carb, low fat, but you're going against that and you're and you calculated super high fat, number one, you're probably not going to be successful because how can you be successful at something that you are enjoying? You know what I mean? And so I always find that it's hard to get people to sway away from this idea that a macro split, whether it be the 30-30-40 or another split that they've used on another program, it's like just because you are successful with a specific split doesn't mean you can't alter that split. I don't know. I just think sometimes, like you said, don't get so fixated on the number. It's very challenging to explain that to someone that it can be fluid and that it can change, you know, person to person. So, okay, let's jump into the next topic here. So, um, I kind of wanted to just chat about my biggest struggles during this cut that I had. It was a short eight week cut in and out. I would say overall I was like what Mary 70% adherence in maybe 80 um I think in the beginning it was really tough because you were coming from a place where you were just kind of free and you didn't care um, about what you were eating you just ate what you felt like eating and um because you had been so strict for so long and so you just kind of like gave yourself a break. And so going back into rigid numbers was really hard adjustment for you, I think, in the beginning. Um, the weekends were hard, um, but that's okay because you kind of realized that kind of early on. And I think that you started making amazing strides later on in your cut. Um, but it was just a hard adjustment coming from eating what it you wanted. It was brutal. And like to try and pull back on that alcohol, I had set my drink limit for myself. It was like two to three drinks per or two to three days per week and like each day two to three drinks max and so I was like I don't know I was trying to pull back on that and I think the biggest thing for me was um weight fluctuations and I am one of those people who is very sensitive to like I have extreme weight fluctuations. I know some people, friends of mine, clients of mine, whatever, where their weight will stay like 130, 130, 130, 130, and like pretty much kind of stay the same. Whereas I will go like 128, 133, 130, 129. Like I'm just all over the place. And I think, um, I think some people are more sensitive than others in, you know, maybe you had high sodium one night, whoop, weight goes up. Or maybe you didn't have a bowel movement. Yeah, you ate later in the night or you yeah. didn't you know didn't go to the bathroom, whatever. Like I think some people are way more sensitive than other people and I'm one of those people. And so if you looked at my scale, you know, I was weighing myself every day, putting it in my tracker, and I mean my weight was all over the place, but I was still seeing wonderful consistent changes from week one to week four to week eight. Like the photos were amazing, measurements were going down, clothes were fitting better. But my weight, it would be just all over the place. And like you said, weekends were obviously tough for me. We would do date nights and like we would drink more. And um, it, it was just eye opening for me to see on the tracker. Because again, like it had been so long since I'd filled out a tracker where, you know, you're looking at the comments and then the weight. And then, oh, I went over my macros that day. And like seeing everything visually, 
it just was very eye-opening for me to recognize that like weight fluctuations can be discouraging but it happens and it's normal and it doesn't mean that like you aren't progressing you know forward and I think it was just so key to kind of see that for me and again in my mentality it's screw the scale like aside from me needing to kind of keep track of my weight because I was in a cut I don't weigh myself regularly it is very triggering for me sometimes and it even was during the cut I would say to you oh my god Mary like what the heck what's going on one thing that we have that we have to remember here and something that we have talked about before is that um, you are postpartum. You were still nursing towards the, you were at the tail end of your nursing when we started coaching. And so your hormones were crazy and you were up and down. And so that's going to really, really affect the scale a lot. And so lowering those expectations a little bit and realizing like, things internally are happening and that might not necessarily be a reflection of what's happening on the outside um, as far as weight goes um, your body fat percentage could be going down but your weight could just be fluctuating because you have crazy hormones or whatever going on especially postpartum women can be postpartum for up to like two years and our hormones can be crazy especially if you're nursing that's even prolonged period of time beyond that um Think about when you, after your postpartum, you get postpartum hair loss. It takes a long time to grow back because your hormones are crazy. And so learning to give yourself grace and lowering those expectations a little bit when you join a program and just knowing like you're going to have to be consistent and letting go of what the scale is saying is going to really, really help because if your hormones are crazy, especially if you're postpartum or if you're a nursing mom, we have so many of them at the habit. Um, it's learning that what's happening on the scale, that two seconds that you step on the scale is not a dictation of how well you are progressing in your weight loss journey. There's so much happening on the inside as well through that postpartum period that you don't even see. So yeah, maybe you had a C-section and you're healed from it, or maybe you know you got cleared from your doctor eight weeks postpartum and you're, you're working out again, but there are things happening inside, like you said, hormonally specifically that is just like whoa like crazy things and so I think when you can't see something you forget it's there like you said and it's so normalized and everyone's having babies and oh I feel great but it's like there is a lot and I think you reminded me of that often and I, I was a little too like you said I hadn't lowered my expectations and you want to know why because I always think back to my most successful cut I've had in my life and that was right before my wedding. That is my like holy grail of what to look to and I, you know, did this cut and it was amazing and I felt great and I got so lean and I, you know, all these things and so I'm like, oh, well I did it then, you know, and I, I was eating X amount of calories then and I was successful so I can do it now and I kept thinking that during this last April cut with you and it's like well wait a minute number one that was two years ago I didn't just have a baby and my life is different then and so I think you know I should have going into it and now I will for every future cut realize that I do need to lower my expectations and not constantly think like just because I did it that time or just because I did it that way for my wedding, I can do it that way now. Just because like, that's not realistic. Like you said, I was still nursing and, and I had a baby and, and all these things. So anyway, yeah, the cut is over. The cut is over and it, I'm glad that it's over because you know, I'm not a fan of eating low calories anymore. Um, 
and it was the did have those tough conversations just like whenever you know um there were weekends where you like overate or whatever and I basically told you like hey you know we're you're an adult you get to make up your mind and but it's up to you to um, hold yourself accountable to that and say, okay, well, maybe I didn't lose weight this weekend because I went completely off plan. Um, I'm being okay with those choices, whether it's a good choice or a bad choice, but having those tough conversations and saying like, hey, you have to own your choice. Um, and that's only up to you. A coach can only go so far based on, you know, telling you what they think you should do, but it's up to you to implement that. And if you choose not to, then that's on you. But, um, you know, then there's that weekend where you text me, you're like, you know what, I'm not going to drink. And you didn't, and you made up your choice. And I remember the next day you text me and you were so proud of yourself because you were like, I sucked to the plan. I said I wasn't going to, and no matter how much I wanted to, um, peer pressure is a thing. Even adults can come sometimes peer pressure you and you wouldn't think that they would, but they do. But you stuck to the plan and you felt really happy about that. And I was so proud of you for that. And I've said this time and time before, there is absolutely nothing more powerful than a made up mind. I will say that over and over again, when you can make up your mind and stick to that and actually just say, you know what, this is the plan and I'm sticking to it. I'm making my mind up. There's nothing more powerful than that. I love that. I love that. And I I do say the same thing to my clients, but the way you said it was so like eloquent and and just believable and you really do have to take ownership for your choices and like I remember that that weekend when I had had made the decision I was gonna drink we ended up of course Ellery you know decides we're gonna have people over I'm like babe no and so then they come over and they op- they were so badly wanting me to drink that they cracked open a white claw and put it in front of me and they were like you're drinking and I was like no well like leave me alone and it's just like there's nothing wrong with drinking, but in that moment, in that day, I wanted to stick to plan, and I did. And like you said, there is no better feeling than making up a choice, like making up your mind and sticking to it. And um, yeah, it, it's just it's very eye-opening, and you recognize how much power, like you are in control of your choices and the food that you eat and the drinks that you drink. Not the other way around. Like stop letting food be in control because it's not like you are in control and so you taught me that even more so during that cut and it was wonderful and so 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 helpful um kind of switching gears here i want you to walk me through i think a lot of times people want to know like what is your coaching style and obviously each coach with the habit is completely different you and i are completely different but i want you to kind of talk through how you've developed your coaching style and has that shifted and evolved since starting with the habit and you know what approach do you take with your clients in order to help them be successful yeah so i mean honestly i think my style changes from client to client because i have some clients who just feel like they just need to know i'm there they don't necessarily feel like they need to text me all the time but they just need to know that they can if they need to then i have some clients who literally text me all the time um and so and then i have some clients who have been tracking macros for a long time they're pretty um, seasoned in that and then i have some who are brand new to tracking um and so they need different coaches for they need me to be a different form of a coach for them if that makes sense and so I wear so many different hats and um yeah sometimes I'm gonna have to have those hard conversations with people and talk about things that are ugly and things that we don't want to mention but 
that's part of being a coach. And then there's other times where, you know, I'm going to show you the grace that I think that you need, that it's really not like whatever you're beating yourself up about is not that big of a deal and we can get past it and you can move on. Um, but learning how to wear those different hats and finding, um, the balance between that and what kind of coach the person needs, it was super, um, eye-opening for me because I came from a journey of like doing it on my own and then coming to see other people's journeys and their life and how they do things. It's been really interesting and I'm, I'm loving it so much. No, I totally agree. And I mean, I, I think like for the most part, you know, I am a tough love type of coach. I'm going to give it to you straight. Um, I'm going to be honest and blunt in a way that is comes from a place of love when I'm coaching someone, but I will always just be, I won't sugarcoat things, you know? And I think I'm notorious for that. I know Zan, you know, when we were still doing calls, when people were signing up that, you know, if, if someone didn't know what coach they wanted to work with and, you know, they said, well, what are each coaches like? And Zan would say, you know, she's a straight shooter and, you know, maybe Paige is, is, is softer and oh kinder. God, and, I love Paige. Oh my God. Like she's seriously so sweet. Um, but like everyone has their own vibe. And so I think it's okay to recognize that certain coaches are going to be better for certain people. And like you said, though, you know, you do wear different hats. You have to be a different style of coach for, you know, maybe even the same person, depending on what they're going through or whatever. Um, I think for me, being on the client side has shifted my perspective and helped me be a better coach in the sense that, and I just spoke about this like a week ago on my stories on Instagram, I think that we need to be more open in our communication with our coach in the way we need to be coached. Like, I think that sometimes clients like think that we know when something is going on, right? And it's like, oh my God, I had no idea that you were struggling, but if you don't come to me, I will never know. And so I think being your client, Mary, and, and, and seeing you as a coach, I think that it helped me see, wow, like I need to encourage my clients to let me know when things are going on. Like when I had a really tough week, I would text you and be like, I am having a tough week. Like, oh my goodness. And like, it helped me see it. Like, cause you would give me feedback and it would be so helpful and it would shift my entire perspective. And it was like, if I hadn't have reached out to you and let you know that I was struggling, then you wouldn't have given me X, Y, and Z tips to get through the week. And it's like, it was almost like every morning I would just get a text from you around 7.30 because it's like, you, even if it wasn't about anything major, it was just like, hey, this is what's going on. Um, and just to check in or whatever. And that's great. Like just, you know, knowing that you have a coach that you can just text and just say like, I'm having a hard day or this is what my weight did or this is what I'm planning on doing today. Uh, it makes it so nice that you just have somebody that you can count on that will always be there for you. And so I just always counted on you just text me every day and just seeing like how things are. I always make sure I let my clients know like, hey, you are never bothering me. Please text me anytime. I want you to reach out to me. I want you to talk to me. I want you to feel open enough. And I think just building that rapport from the beginning is so important. Just letting every, letting your clients know like you can reach out to me. Stepping out of that comfort zone that maybe you've built for yourself. Like maybe you, ha you have trouble asking for help, but you've already done the. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, so I think that, you know, being on the client side made me recognize how important it is to encourage the client to 
talk freely, talk openly. And yeah, of course you and I are friends, right? So it's a little bit maybe different because I am, you know, my comfort level with you is different and things like that. And I understand like you and I are very different. I'm super loud and outgoing. You're more introverted. And so maybe, you know, we, everyone is going to be different and, you know, it's difficult sometimes to open up to someone and I know that there are a lot of quiet shy introverted people that are clients and they're like but I don't want to like reach out and I get that so I think it's tough to kind of like let people know that there is that that comfort bubble and that they can come to you no matter what and I just it's tough for, for me to figure out how to encourage those quieter clients to still like you have to come to me though like figure out a way almost because it's like I still can't read your mind I don't know if anything's happening and 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 so it's tough like how do you encourage those clients that are maybe shyer and and you know intimidated to reach out to you like how else can you encourage them to let you know that something's going on so one thing that I think that we have talked about often is that nothing magical happens when you're inside of your comfort zone. So though you've already committed to this program or to a program or to a coach. So you've already taken that first step. You've already stepped out of that comfort zone. So keep going, push those boundaries that you have set for yourself. If you know that you have a hard time reaching out and asking for help, or you have a hard time feeling like you're bothering somebody, just remember that you've already reached out to the coach. The coach didn't reach out to you. You've already taken that first first step. So keep pushing those boundaries that you have set for yourself and realizing that it is okay to ask for help when you're struggling. If you have a good coach, your coach wants to be there for you and wants to help you through the problems that you're having, whether it's a silly problem, like learning how to log something or whether you're having a mental, um, breakdown because you feel like it's going to take forever and you don't feel like you're progressing or whatever it is having them talk you off that ledge is so nice because you know that you have somebody there to count on so nothing ever like you never progress if you continue to just stay inside that comfort bubble that you have set for yourself you have to learn to get into the uncomfortable things yeah absolutely awesome um i have just one or let's let's go through these last two questions um really quickly walk me through you know when you have a client how do you know when you're going to put someone in either a cut a deficit or maybe do a reverse or put them in a surplus how do you kind of differentiate that and how do you determine you know how you need to set someone's numbers if they don't know if they don't come to you already knowing so it really just depends to be honest with you like this is such I hate using that answer it depends because so many things depend on so many other things so if I have somebody coming into the program and they've already been eating super low calories and they know that and then I try to get them to push calories up or I try to give them cut numbers but they're not progressing then I know that they probably need to repair your their metabolism um, as far as um, diet breaks and refeeds I base those based upon biofeedback or if somebody has a vacation coming up, then I try to program diet breaks around that vacation. So that way it makes it a little bit easier for them to manage vacations. Um, I look at biofeedback, meaning your sleep, your energy. Are you super food focused? Are you having a hard time staying adherent to your cut numbers? Um, 
is your sleep suffering? Uh, are your workouts suffering? Are you, do you feel super tired all of the time? Then I know either one, we need to go ahead and take a refeed or we're going to need to do a diet break. I typically, if I'm going to do a diet break, it's going to just be two weeks. Like I'm already going to just stick it out for two weeks and we're going to take a break. Um, and so I normally just bump up calories for refeeds by like 500 by your carbs only. So that way we can restore those leptin levels and get your body into a really good place to then return to a cut again. And diet breaks are pretty much the same, but I do increase fats just a little bit um, for diet breaks. And I mainly increase by your carbs. Uh, so that way we can get you into a better place to then return to a cut again. Yeah, those are all, that's so much good information. I feel like so many questions that we always get are like, what is a diet break? When do you do one? What about refeeds? And so thank you for kind of filling us in on all those things. I think each coach kind of implements them differently. And it's nice to hear like how I feel like you're the queen of like adding in all those, those things. And so it's really nice to kind of hear your why. Yeah. And I think people don't really talk about it enough. So thank you. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to talk about is, you know, being, and that there is no perfect client, there is no perfect coach, but one thing that I recognize being on the client side of things is how important it is to fill out your tracker and how that can help you to be, you know, the quote unquote ideal client and, and how difficult it is, you know, for a coach to coach, unless we have that full tracker. And of course, each program is different. I'm only talking on our program. We have a tracker. It's filled out every day. It's been reviewed by us, you know, the coach before we do your check-in, whether it's a phone, video, written, whatever. And so why don't you kind of explain like what your thoughts are on the importance of filling out the tracker and, you know, why that needs to happen in order for us as the coach to be the very best coach that we can be. Otherwise, we just don't really have anything to kind of go off of. Yeah, so I mean, obviously I know that life happens sometimes. Sometimes we can't help that we can't fill our tracker out and that's fine. As long as you can, you know, communicate with me and just let me know that, hey, I can't fill my tracker out this week. Um, maybe we can just text uh, back and forth a little bit about how I'm feeling or whatever. That is totally fine. However, if you if I go to open a tracker and there's just nothing there, like then your check-in is probably just not gonna be much of anything. I will try my best. Um, but I, I, I need to know, like, how did you sleep and how are you doing? How are things progressing? Maybe you didn't have a win and an opportunity every day. That's okay. Um, sometimes just simply getting out of bed for the day is a win. Um, and sometimes an opportunity could just be um, making sure that you're planning better, meal planning or whatever. It doesn't have to be anything major. Um, you don't always have to feel like it has to be some monumental thing, but as, as long as you are trying then filling it out the best that you can then we can really really give you the best feedback that we can I try my best to just um, dig deeper into the mental aspect of it because beyond the 12 weeks you're gonna have so many ups and downs and ebbs and flows and if you can really tap into the mental um, struggles that it is to lose weight um, that's going to help you beyond the program. Let me let the, well, this is the, the example I always use for, for explaining that. It's like, remember when you were in high school and you had a diary, you filled out your diary, you know, every single day at the end of the day, if you had one with like, Ooh, today I kissed so-and-so or something oh silly God, like that. Gave me a yeah. Oh and so yeah. can you imagine looking back at that? Like 
writing in your diary seven days you know after something happens like you you would never remember like what happened or what sally said to you on tuesday at school when it's now like sunday and you're like wait what what it's like you don't you've got to fill it out in the day in the moment when you have the emotions and the feelings and the experiences and you remember exactly what happened you can't remember what you ate for breakfast like seven you know and so it's like why are you you can't and I know life happens I do I totally agree with you I think sometimes that let's be honest this program the tracker counting macros it it's not the end-all be-all of our life it is an important aspect it's not the most important and I get that, like you said, sometimes things happen, but all in all, if, if you look at the 12 weeks as a whole and you didn't fill your tracker out for the majority of the time, it's like, uh, what? Like, how are we supposed to, like you said, what am I supposed to coach you on here? I'm confused. And so, good job. Yeah. <laughs> woo! Like it's, yeah. It, it, it is. And then you feel as like an incompetent coach because you're not coaching to your full potential because like what the heck are you supposed to say and so anyway I just wanted to kind of hear your thoughts and I totally feel like you know I agree with you there and there were days when I was the client and I was like oh no I didn't fill out my tracker or I had to kind of backtrack I have to admit I wasn't the perfect client obviously you know I kind of went into it explaining to you that you know I wasn't maybe going to be the best client that I needed your accountability but like I'm not going to be the star so don't you know be mad at me and you weren't but yeah it's what I always say is like you said if you only put 30% in only expect 30% out and that goes for your entire program whether it be tracking your bike flicks and taste talking to your coach um, working out like you say you're going to drinking the water you say you're going to it's like if you only put in 50% effort you will only get 50% results so like if you have crazy expectations and goals and you want to meet a certain weight or you want to fit into a certain size clothes but you only do 50% of the program you're probably not going to get there and that's no one's fault but your own and so we want you to succeed like as a coach like when my client succeeds then I succeed right and so I know you, I, I'm speaking for you and all the coaches, like all we want is our client success, whatever that looks like for you. And so I also just want to say like, thank you so much, Mary, for supporting me during that cut and for helping me and guiding me and being there just as a sounding board. It was so helpful. And it, I really do believe that it helped me become a better coach being on that side of things. So it was super awesome to have you there with me. So well, I loved having you. Seriously, I love you so much. That was so fun. I have a few really quick, like, fun questions I want to end off with. And then we will kind of, um, you know, tease the next episode you guys will hear. And we will hop off for the day. It went by so quickly. It's already been 45 minutes. No, seriously. We can literally talk forever. We are doing good. Um, Okay, so tell me one fun thing, Mary, that you want to do this summer. It can be with your kids. It can be by yourself, maybe with your husband. What do you have on your list of things to do? So I really want to go to the beach. So my husband was born and raised in South Padre Island. So if you're from Texas, you know that it's an island here in Texas in the Gulf of Mexico. He was born and raised there. Um, his parents still live there. And um, it's just so relaxing to go and just be on the beach, be in his hometown, be 
were with his mom with her cooking and watch my kids play in the sand. Um, they have Schlitterbahn there and we love to take the kids. It's just so relaxing and something just fun that I want to do to just go and get away for a little bit. I really want to go this summer. Yes, you have to plan it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of my my answer is the same um i'm doing a trip to maine which is obviously where i'm from um july 13th through the 20th with luca and so i'm just want to do all the things while we're there go out to dinners bring her to my favorite ice cream place and get her a little mini ice cream Mm -hmm. bring her to the beach we're going to do york's wild kingdom when i'm there which is like a mini little like animal like amusement park and they have animals for like little kids It's, it's great but yeah so just like you said, going back to, you know, hometown. For me, it's my hometown. For you, your husband, there's nothing more nostalgic and, like, amazing than doing that. So, super excited to do that. Um, and then what is your favorite current snack or, like, a food product that you recently found that you're obsessing over? So, honestly, this is not macro-friendly at all, but I've been really loving crumble cookie lately. And if you follow me on Instagram, you know my husband and I do crumble cookie tastings, and it's just so fun for us to drive um, and just go spend some time together. We have a date day where we drive. It's actually an hour away from our house, so we take uh, a drive to go to, like, Costco, and then we go to Bucky's. If you're from Texas, you know all about Bucky's. It's literally the best convenience store ever. So if you ever come to Texas, I'm taking you to Bucky's. Um, but we go to Crumble and we taste all of their cookies and it's just really fun. I love doing it. Okay. So I need to know with the Crumble cookie tasting. So you take the bite of the cookie and then do you eat all the like the other cookies at that time or do you bring the rest home or like bring bring the rest home because my little kids love to taste them they're so big and so like jackson especially loves to taste them emma loves their chocolate chip cookie so always bring her one home and she eats that but the little kids they love to just taste them and then we'll just like eat on it throughout like the weekend or whatever but no we don't eat them all at one time because they are really really big there'd be no way so my favorite snack right now it's not very exciting it's definitely not as good as crumble cookies um it's more it's a healthier snack but i i'm just obsessed with it right now but mushroom chips well those too oh my god from costco if you know you know no um it's just slicing up a cucumber really thin and then using the everything but the bagel seasoning and like sprinkling it on and then so my guilty pleasure back in the day was Hidden Valley Ranch. Like, I feel like there's nothing better than Hidden Valley no. Ranch. But it's. There's some things you can't go generic on. I know. Ranch is one of them. I feel you. But a macro friendly version, the Bolt House Ranch is so closely, it's the closest resemblance to the Hidden Valley Ranch I've ever found. And I've tried a million ranches. And it's super macro friendly. And so if you're, if you don't want to like, you know, eat all your day's calories with Hidden Valley Ranch, cause I could, I could drink it from the bottle if I could, then do the bolt house. And so I always make like a little bowl, I pour in the dressing and then I slice up like so many things of a cucumber on a, a big cutting board. And then I put all the everything but the bagel seasoning on. And for some reason with the dip and dip it in, I've just been loving it and like it's really light and crunchy and good for summer. I just love cucumbers. Is that weird? I don't know. Well, it is weird to me because actually cucumbers are the one food that I 
despise. I can't stand the smell of it, the texture, none of it. Like, oh, we're not friends. I just don't like it. It's uh, there's something about it. It tastes. I they don't even taste like they do taste like something. I just don't like it. I think that they taste so weird. Oh, I, you are I don't weird. Understand? How, like, I no. love pickles. Um, I mean, I eat pickles all the time, but there's, it tastes, you know, cucumbers are pickles, I know that they're pickles, but they just taste different. I do not like them. (laughs) And I know I'm not the only one. There has to be more people who don't like cucumbers. I know I'm not the only one. I feel like cucumbers are literally the most mild tasting food. It's like air. It tastes like nothing. No. Oh, you're a weirdo. It's okay. So gross. (laughs) Well, when I get to visit you sometime, I'm going to cut up cucumbers and put little holes in them and that way you have your fear Stop. food and Stop. your cucumber all together because no. she has a fear of things with holes in them if you guys no. didn't triphobia know. it's called triphobia and it's a thing believe me don't look up the pictures do not google it it's so gross don't it's it is funny. not cool but there's it's fake right it's not real I mean, I don't know. I don't want to find out. It looks disgusting and it haunts my dreams. It's so gross. No, but the skin ones are fake. You know, don't look. Don't look. I don't even know. We'll we'll figure out what it's called and I'll update you. But anyways, thank you so much for coming on this podcast with me, Mary. I love you. And for everyone listening, the next episode will be season four, episode nine. That is going to be so fun. Um, Our new coaches, Kristen and Stephanie, will be joining us to tell their life story and fill you guys in on all the things, who they are, how they got to become coaches with us. So stay tuned and that will be up next. And I hope you guys all have a wonderful rest of your Monday.